You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Hey mentors, just a reminder about the You Can Mentor book. It's titled You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission and Break Generational Curses. The whole point of this book is to equip and encourage mentors with new tools and ideas on how to make the most of their mentor-mentee relationship. If you're a mentor, hey, go pick it up. And if you're a mentoring organization, pick some up for all of your mentors. If you would like to order mass copies, like more than 20, send an email to me, zach at youcanmentor.com, and we will get you guys a special price. But go and pick up that book. It's good. You Can Mentor. Welcome back to the You Can Mentor podcast. My name is Joshua Manning. You definitely know my voice by now because we're like six weeks into this series. That's right. It is the Why I Mentor series and my summer takeover. Today, I've got a very special guest with me in the You Can Mentor studio. We got Jamari Malloy in the house. Jamari, how you doing? I'm doing good. You said I'm special. I, I, I did say you're special. I, I appreciate that. Because you are special. Thank you. You know what? You're special. You're, you're, you're very special. Jamari, you know what I love about you? Mm-hmm. You're just always so positive and like looking for the thankful, like the thing to be thankful for, right? Like of all of Forerunner's core values, choose thankfulness is like the one that you model so well. Like before we started recording, you know, I was, ta- I was telling you kind of about my day, my week, and mm-hmm. you're just like on the bright side you have this, this, and this that are like good things that went through. And I just really appreciate that about you. I appreciate you for telling me that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. See, again, you're just so thankful. Thank Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. That's no, all good. So if you've missed the last few weeks, we've been going through this series where I have been interviewing the coaches that I work with at Forerunner Mentoring in Dallas where we're just talking through, I mean, we've had some really fire stuff. We've had Coach Taj on, we've had Coach Bailey, we've had Coach Joel, and then Coach Caitlin. And now we got, last week we had Coach Ryan, now we got Coach Damari, and we got a few more, and then we got like something real special coming up at the end of the, the season, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to be super, super cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We haven't quite recorded it yet, but we've got it in the pipeline. It's going to be great. That's right. definitely one you guys are just going to like want to just sit back and drink a cup of coffee over. Don't like try to listen to it on your commute to work because it's going to be way too long to do that. But we got Coach Damari in. Everybody else has said some really just inspiring things, really cool things. I know Coach Damari has a really unique perspective because, well, you know, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into it. And we're okay. not going to we're not going to spoil that quite yet. Oh. So, Jamari. Why don't we just give like the 30,000 foot view? Who is Jamari? Who are you? Like introduce us, introduce the listeners to you, your thoughts, your feelings, your hopes, your dreams, your background, you know, your childhood, whatever. Like who is Jamari? Well, you already know my name. So right. <laughs> a, a good start. If I could paint a picture of who I am, I kind of can't because I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Like I don't, I, if I could give you a picture, like a like literally paint it out, I can't. I, I can't. Do we just want to do like 
hot seat, like rapid fire questions? Yes. yes. All right. Yes. All right. Very. How old are you? 19. Where are you from? Dallas. Favorite food? Ooh, chicken alfredo. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Favorite color? Blue. Wow. That's <laughs> also me. Favorite type of music? Ooh, rap slash worship. Mountains or beach? Beach. Uh... Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> you know what? You tried. Well, I appreciate it. I tried. Yeah, we got we got a we got a little bit of snapshot. What about some yeah. history about like you? How did you grow, or like where did you grow up? Mm-hmm. How did you get involved with Forerunner? That kind of stuff. I grew up in Dallas, of course, single parent household. You know, yeah, I grew up single single parent. Dad was kind of in and out ish. Dad was kind of in and out. Like okay, he was there at the beginning. Like I say, one years old. Well, not one years old. From what I was born right. and like out and then <laughs> to like three years old like so i was like three or four so newborn to about three or four yeah okay and was gone to probably like my early teens like probably like 12 13 gone know? gone where i don't know <laughs> like, you don't know he just kind of dipped yeah okay actually it was complications with my mom and dad they were like okay. they had their own thing going on and that caused him to leave and gotcha, you know, gotcha. but he did sometimes make an effort to come in and out and but he's in my life now and i'm thankful for it so that's good yeah that's actually one thing i've been trying to work on it's like not holding a grudge for what my mom and dad went through like i can't Mm. like like learning to forgive your parents yes because on both sides they caused some hurt between me and my other sibling oh i have a sibling by the way oh you have a sibling yes i have a twin wow i'm sorry i didn't mean to forget him i Love wow. You. <laughs> you, I mean, there's so many like little tidbits, like keep going. What are these tidbits, right? You have a twin, you have some relational hurt between your parents and you and each other. It sounds like my twin, his name is Jameer. Okay. They, I wouldn't say hurt, but it definitely kind of affected how we grew up and what we n- believed while we were growing up. Okay. Like I was always told that my dad is like this, this and that, like he's no good. This, this, and like that. it was just really, really negative, yeah. like yes. talk down on him. Very, yes. It was very one-sided. And then I got the other side when my dad came into my life in my early teens. He started telling me his side. And, you know, I'm just trying to not live in that yeah. past and just moving forward, you know. I actually don't live with my mom anymore. You don't live with your mom anymore? No. Okay. Because of... Do you live on your own? No. I live with my aunt. On my dad's side. Your aunt? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Because my, me and my mom, our relationship could be a lot better. It's definitely getting better. Mm-hmm. But that's what I was mentioning earlier. Like, I'm trying to, like, leave all of that in the past. Kind of leave the baggage in the past. Yeah. Like, be- work through it and work towards forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. I mean, especially, like, I feel like for, like, this current generation, my generation, because, you know, I'm a little bit older than you. We know that. I'm, I mean, heck, I'm 10 years older than you. You're 19. I turned 29 this year. Wow. So I'm 10 years older than you. I, I think right. it's safe to say I'm in, I'm not in your generation. Like you're very squarely Gen Z and I'm very squarely millennial. Right. So can I be a part of your generation? Huh? Can I be a part of your generation? Uh, I like- yeah. If you were born 10 years earlier. Wow. Okay. But I mean, Hey, I don't make the rules. Like I don't, I don't define what the generation is. I'm going to fit are. in anyway. So that's, that is true. Yeah. But I, I think that is like a real sense of maturity that you don't see really super frequently in Gen Z or even the millennial generation or honestly, even in the generations before me, right. It's this like recognizing the 
pain or the hurt or the trauma or whatever you want to call it that's been caused by relationships and then approaching that from the viewpoint of wanting reconciliation to work through it and Mm -hmm. and true healing, right? Mm -hmm. Working through true healing in that, as opposed to just holding on to that grudge and like getting stuck there. Right. You know, the like, Oh, this person did this and this and this, and now I'm just like, not going to talk to them kind of thing. Right. Like that actually, like that's, that's admirable that you're even at 19, like you're already recognizing that and you're starting to work through that process because I know people who got stuck there and they're mm-hmm. my age. I know I'm actually one of those people where I'm like, I'm starting to recognize some of the stuff that happened in my upbringing that don't get me wrong. My parents, you know, I lived in a two family household, but you know, my parents weren't always the most emotionally available mm-hmm. And that affected me for a very long time, led to a lot of really negative coping behaviors for me and just how I dealt with other things going on, especially painful things in my life. And it's only been the last roughly three years or so that I've really started working on that, like recognizing it and then started working on it where I've started to develop that self-awareness of like, oh, okay, I'm doing this because it's being triggered by this thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this is what really needs to get healed. And then being able to take that to God and go like, God, I don't know what to do with this. Right. right. And, you know, I was covered, I'm 10 years older than you. So the <laughs> fact that you're doing that at 19, like that right. sets you up for much later, like when you get older and you're like ready to settle down and get married and things mm-hmm. like that, like, man, you're just going to be like one of the healthiest dudes in a, in a marriage. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I'm praying for it. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that's probably a few years off for you, but, (laughs) but it doesn't change. Like you're going to be one of the, like a really super healthy, like emotionally healthy person going into that marriage. And I think you've had a lot of, at at least from the outside perspective, I think Mm -hmm. you've had a lot of like influences into that. Right. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, you grew up in Dallas more specifically, you, you grew up in Lake Highlands, right? The area. The area, right. Not the school district. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But But the the area. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately led to what kind of makes you unique on our staff is that, one, you have the honor of being the youngest staff member, Mm. right, because you're 19 (laughs) and everybody else is not. Mm -hmm. But you're 19, which means you graduated high school, not this past May, but Mm -hmm. the May before that, or maybe early June, right? Early June. Early June. Mm Mm-hmm. But early June of 2022, right? Right. Yeah. So you had just graduated high school, mm-hmm. and did you go to LH? I went to Lake Highlands Junior High. Okay, so you went Lake Highlands Junior High, mm-hmm. and then I transferred to Conrad High School. Conrad. Okay, mm-hmm. but you still went to Thrive. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. and that's what makes you really unique. Is that for the listeners who don't know anything about Forerunner? As we've talked about, Forerunner is a mentoring organization that. Mm-hmm exists to serve boys in Lake Highlands to help them become men of God. Ryan actually phrased it very eloquently last week. Go check that out if you missed it. But Forerunner exists to help boys become men of God, right? And specifically, we've been working with most frequently boys in Lake Highlands who don't have father figures, mm-hmm. right? And we do that through a number of different ways. We do that through one-on-one mentoring, but we also do that through the after-school mentoring program. And that is where all of these coaches work, right? That's where I work. That's where Caitlin and Joel and 
and Jamari and Ryan, that's where we all work, right? Is in the after-school mentoring program, mentoring and pouring into these students through from kindergarten through really 12th grade, but the ASMP, the after-school mentoring program specifically is K through eighth. And then the ninth through 12th grade, we have a program that is very similar, but it's also kind of more youth group style of the, like it meets once a week for a couple hours and we hang out, have pizza, play some games. And then there's a, a brief lesson that Darius teaches quote unquote preaches. Mm-hmm. And then it's more games until it's time to leave. Right. Some small groups kind of thing. Right. Jamari went through thrive, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. He, he is the, in the unique position. And I think this is why I really wanted to get him on, on the podcast mm-hmm. in that he is a forerunner, right? Mm-hmm. He is somebody who went through our program and then turned around as soon as he graduated and got a job at Forerunner to pour into the next generation. I love the way you phrased that. That was yeah, that was really good, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Like that's what you did. Mm-hmm. You you literally like you went through Thrive. And what what year did you join Thrive? That was twenty twenty two. Oh, so you only went through like one year of yeah, Thrive. Just, just one year. Just mm-hmm. one year of Thrive. Mm-hmm. Your senior year of Thrive, mm-hmm. or your senior year of high school, you were in Thrive. Yep. And in that one year, that changed you so much Mm -hmm. that you turned around and chose to (laughs) pour, like apply and pour it back into Mm -hmm. kindergartners for second graders. What grade are you third and fourth grade? Second and third. Second and third. Mm -hmm. So you, you pour into second and third year grade students, Mm -hmm. like seven, eight year olds, right? (laughs) Seven and eight year old years old and you're 19. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that's something that's just so like. I don't know. It's just really cool to like see, truly see the fruit of our program, right? We talk about that all the time mm. of we don't always get to see the fruit that we're of the, of the seeds that we're planting, right? We may plant a seed of like, Hey, you know, Jesus loves you. And they may not connect with that for five, six, seven, eight, fifteen 15 years, right? Mm. You were in program for a year and probably not even a full year, right? You didn't, mm. you didn't start going to thrive and, the first week of August or mm-hmm. the first week of school? Mm, it was like beginning half is around like February. Like February? January. January. So mm-hmm. it was second semester. Mm-hmm. So you were really only in Thrive for not even six months. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. <laughs> you were you were not in Thrive. You were only in Thrive for like six months and that impacted your life, obviously. Mm-hmm. So how, I think the question there is how did, how did Forerunner impact your life so dramatically for you to like be so changed right how did like what who poured into you how did they impact you how did you get from only being in thrive for not even six months really probably four or five months Mm -hmm. to being a man of god who works at forerunner pouring into seven and eight year olds Mm. so I think it all started when, honestly, speaking of like Darius and I don't know if they know Andrew, Andrew, they started asking me to write questions, which got me to really like be vulnerable and think. Side note, I had a relationship with God before Thrive and I actually thought I didn't even need Thrive because mm. I was- You're like, I, I'm solid. Like, I'm, I don't need Thrive. I mean, but my friend's going, I'll go. So I decided to go and I liked it and- it just started to grow on me. Like I really liked it. The experiences too, like the rite of passage, the 
dinner they had. The company the of men dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the opportunities and the fact that I get to hang around people that's also like chasing after the same thing I'm chasing. And mm-hmm. it was it was a pretty good experience. And I actually, after Thrive ended, I didn't even want to really leave. I didn't want to leave. Like, so, I don't want Thrive to end. Yeah, but luckily the opportunity came to me during the summer, I think. So yeah, during the summer. To, to apply? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, like you, you still wanted to go to Thrive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like you're like, I don't want to graduate. I just want to <laughs> keep going to Thrive. Yeah. So what, like you just, you said like the opportunities and like, how did, how did those change you? Right. So you, you highlighted like the rite of passage, the company mm-hmm. of men dinner, Darius and Andrew asking mm-hmm. the right questions. What were some of those right questions? Like, how did that kind of shatter the whole, like, oh, I'm good. I don't need Thrive because I have a relationship with God. Like, mm-hmm. how did that, how did you get to the point of like, Oh, I actually, you know, kind of this aloof, like, I don't need Thrive to the, I don't want to leave Thrive. So when I had that, like, I don't need Thrive mentality, I'm walking and I'm like, well, let me see if they bearing fruit. Let me see what they got going on. So. Oh, so you were looking for like people who were like legit. Yes. Like modeling Christ-like behavior. Yes. Mm -hmm. Set. I think it was like my first week of Thrive. I started to sit down. I'm like, okay, they're. They know what they're talking about. And I, and I just and it just started to become a reoccurring thing. Like the questions they were asking me, like usually the way I grew up, and I'm glad I'm glad that you said something about like in a household where it's not really like that emotional, like mm-hmm. you know availability. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not used to people coming up to me really actually like intentionally like wanting to know how my day is, how am I doing today? How am I feeling? Like just really wanting to get to know me and how am I doing and actually like care for my well-being, if that makes sense. Not saying that, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but but it's, were, there's a difference between a parent who provides for you, your physical needs mm-hmm. and a parent who does that as well as provides for your emotional needs. Right. And I think that is something I'm seeing that's a little more common than it should be, right. especially in kind of the demographic that we work in. Mm-hmm. And I know that that was a lot of kind of my, my childhood. I, I had two sisters, had, I have two sisters, mm-hmm. one older, one younger, and there was just a host of mental illnesses between the two of them. And so, because I was the quote unquote normal child with nothing wrong, oh. I, it felt a lot like I got put on the back burner, right. Mm-hmm. Of like, Oh, Josh is fine. You know, to, you know, my older sister is having a mental breakdown or whatever and needs all of our attention right now. Josh is fine kind of thing. And it just felt like that was really consistent. And so because of that, it just felt like, again, neither of my parents really did the whole like, Hey, how are you feeling today? Or how was your day? Or what are you feeling right now? If I'm very visibly upset, right? They didn't help me learn to process my emotions. They just, kind of sent me to my room kind of thing or grounded me or whatever. Right. It was like, you know, if you're going to be like that, go to your room until you calm down and then you can come back out and play. Right. They didn't help me go like, why are you upset right now? You know what I mean? And because of that, like, that's how I learned to deal with things on my own. And it's still very like Joel and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Like that's a very real, like big thing that I work through and have to work through is like how to ask for help. And I can tell you from like, I, I remember this has been a thing since I was six. Mm-hmm. I remember a counseling appointment with a child psychologist where we talked about the fact that I don't ask for help. Mm-hmm. And I was six years old wow. and I'm 20, almost 29. <laughs> so that like, 
23 years of my life has been, and probably longer has been me kind of lone wolfing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And going, I don't need anybody. I can do it on my own. So, and that, like I said, kind of came from my upbringing. There's a, a, trying not to get too personal on the podcast. I think that ship sailed a while ago, but (laughs) point is, yes. Mm -hmm. Like I, I understand what you're saying about like the parent who was not emotionally available who, or, or even intentional about like helping process emotions. So it sounds like Darius and Andrew really started to fill that gap in, in you for you. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? Yep. Very accurate. To be honest, it was like, I felt weird at first because I'm like, why are these random people asking me how like my day is going? Like, you know, just asking me like these really like good questions. And, you know, I I really started to like it. And I want to. It's almost like you needed it. Yes. Like it was feeling like a void that, to be honest, I didn't even know that was there. I didn't think that I needed that, but I Mm -hmm. really did. Yeah, amazing guy it is. You think you don't right. need something, but then, and he's like, then, "No, you're wrong. You do. Yep, you do. Huh? There's like five people to do it for you, <laughs> right?" So I was really appreciative of them. Like, I'm, I'm so glad I get to like do kind of what they do now. So yeah, um, to be the person that asks mm-hmm. the kid, like, "Hey, how how was your day? What are you feeling?" Right. And I, the to you know the parents that are not emotionally there. Sometimes I don't think it's really their fault. Yeah, I don't think it's ever their fault. Yeah, I. It, now that I think about it, it's probably more of like a generational thing. Like the way, you know, some lines of generations just mm-hmm. got brought up. You just, it just doesn't happen. That emotional connection, you know. Yeah. And, and I remember being young, having that feeling. I just, I just want you to like listen to me and like actually value what I'm saying or at least take it into consideration or like listen to me. I, yeah, like to hear what I have to say. Mm-hmm, yeah, that was a huge problem. To I, be seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge problem, and I never got that. Right. So until I went to Thrive. Right. So mm-hmm. you had kind of this emotional need to be seen or valued or heard mm-hmm. growing up, and then all of a sudden, now you're getting that in Thrive. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing like week one of going to Thrive, or maybe week two or something like we, that. Yeah, it, it took a little like, time to kind of like notice that you know. Right. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, it's like, oh wait, now there's somebody here that is doing that, and mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know what to do with that. Right. Yes. I think I remember telling Andrew one time, like, how do I accept like compliments and mm. like genuineness? <laughs> like, actually, that's something that I struggled with, for, struggled with for a while. Just accepting like gifts, accepting things, like just accepting the good and not just expecting the bad, if that makes sense. It's almost like, oh, you're giving me this gift. What's the catch? Right. Or yeah. I want to accept it, but I don't know how. Like, Without yeah. it being kind of this fake, like, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And everybody knows, like, right. that's Cap. Right. <laughs> right. As the kids say. Yeah. And that whole not being seen, that actually transitioned that into, like, when I was at school, like, I was always that person that seeked out attention. Like, not class clown, but just did things just to get attention because mm. I never got it at home. Never mm. got it anywhere, you know. So, so I you were, like, like, acting out in class mm-hmm. kind of thing. Not, because you wanted to be seen not acting out but more so what the, what the things i said like i wasn't like a bad troubled kid <laughs> i was i was well, more so <laughs> one would argue that nobody's a bad troubled kid right that, that's very true uh, like that is the identity that we pour into our kids is you're not bad right you've done a bad thing but you're not bad <laughs> right you're not a bad kid right you're, you are a man of god yeah just re- redirection 
Yeah. <laughs> I was more so the kid that just did follow. I had a mask on, if that makes sense. Mm, like, yeah, I, I was, know exactly what you're yeah, talking about. I was about. putting on this fake identity trying to fit in with everybody. Like, You wanted so badly to be liked. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a huge follower. Like, I think since elementary, teachers have been telling, like, you're such a leader. Like, you know, oh, stop wow. being a follower. And I You had teachers calling you out all the way in elementary school that yes. you were a leader? Mm-hmm. But I never grasped it. I didn't even Until really now? Grasp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until now. I read something in a book. It says wisdom is something that you catch more than you... Ah, it's not, it goes something like wisdom is something you catch rather than you receive or something Ooh. like that. It's like something like that. Yeah, I, I, like think that. That, I think that is what it said. Yeah. But I like that. It makes a lot, lot of sense now because we have so many like opportunities to get poured into when we're young mm. but we never like grasp it until you get older and yeah like, it, the, the dots don't click until you're like oh mm. that's that's what that means or that's how that works right you, you're right but yeah mm. <laughs> but yeah but now i'm thankful that i don't have to be that attention seeker like i can just be myself and be okay with that actually even past going to Thrive and becoming a coach like the community I'm around now I know I don't have to like perform or anything yes. like that mm-hmm. are you talking about the community ad forerunner or like your church community what 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 do you mean by community like the coaches the mm. staff like I mean sometimes I'm human I will put on a mask but yeah. it's not on anymore like I don't have to you know put that mask on yeah that's just something that I've been yeah. working on not putting that mask on not putting on that mask that's <laughs> that's a good word i mean i right. think we all do that right i yeah. think we all put masks on i know i do right mm-hmm. you know mine isn't always the actually very rarely is the whole like class clown mm-hmm. funny guy whatever mm-hmm. persona but my the mask that i typically put on is perfectionism right oh. like i mm-hmm. cannot be wrong Mm. And if I do get wrong or if I am wrong and I have to face the fact that I'm wrong, which let's be real, I'm wrong a lot because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm mentoring junior high students and I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Because a lot of the stuff they do, I'm just like, what? <laughs> Look, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, well, but even that it's things like, I, you know, maybe I don't respond the best way in a, mm. in the moment. And, you know, I've been, I've Darius has corrected me on some of those things, like in my semester evaluations and things like that, where, mm-hmm. you know, he's called some of that out. And, you know, in those moments, like it's really hard for me to accept like that I have a shortcoming, which mm-hmm. sounds really weird when you're like, <laughs> but we're all human. We all make mistakes. Right. But for somebody who like, being the perfect child was the way going back to this whole family Mm. thing, childhood thing, like Mm -hmm. being the perfect child, being the child who had no problems was the way that I sought love. Right. Mm -hmm. Was because my parents, it felt like my parents were so focused on my sisters that Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I don't have that. So how do I get the, how do I get their love and attention? I get their love and attention by outshining my sisters mm-hmm. right by outdoing yeah. them right by setting the bar of achievements so high that they can't possibly ever overcome that mm-hmm. right and so that's how i ended up like working my butt off i got straight a's my ninth and tenth grade mm-hmm. except for one one quarter mm-hmm. where i got one b in <laughs> each of those years right it was seven a's and one b how did you feel i was crushed i literally <laughs> cried 
oh. both ears. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh. I got one B and I literally cried both ears. I was like, dang it. Right. <laughs> right. So like, it's something like that. It's like, I'm or at the time, this has since changed, but at the time mm-hmm. I was the only kid who had graduated high school mm-hmm. at the moment. I'm the only kid who has graduated from college. Oh, that will change. My older sister is actually doing a lot better and she's in college getting her degree in psychology, which is totally strange uh, (laughs) knowing her. But hey, like she's crushing it. So keep going. And that even translated so far, like it continued to translate into the, you know, I was like so driven by this academic success of like having to set this bar so ridiculously high that I went to grad school. Oh, that was, believe it or not, one of the primary motivators for me going to grad school and getting a uh-huh. master's degree in lighting design. Mm. Because it was like, if I get a master's degree and I'm the first kid to get a master's degree, mm-hmm. first of all, my pa- neither of my parents have master's degrees. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I'm the only person in my family for a few generations, if not ever, oh. that has a master's degree. Right? Mm. It was, again, it was that driven by performance thing of it's like, mm-hmm. if I can if I can achieve this thing and set this bar so high, mm-hmm. now I get my parents love. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's the mask that I've worn. And that comes like that high achiever, like overachieving, whatever that comes from perfectionism. And that's right. been a big thing in the last few years that's come out is like having to accept the mistakes that are made or the mm-hmm. things that don't go perfectly. Things happen on a Sunday service, pretty much weekly that are outside of my control and mm. I can't fix it. Right. right. Things just go wrong. And there are, and that's, I, I feel like that's God's way of being, cause I'm literally in church. Right. It's, I feel like that's God's way of being like, it's okay that it's not perfect. Right. Like you have to learn to let this go. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you know, there are just things that go wrong and mm-hmm. I can't do anything about it, especially in the middle of a service. It's mm-hmm. like a light goes out. I can't just pull out a ladder in the right. middle of the sermon and change <laughs> right. a, lamp, a right. light bulb. Right. Like it doesn't work. Right. right. And the, it's things like that, that I'm mm-hmm. just, I have to learn to let those go. And I've actually started to notice that there's this pattern that the more emphasis I put on a Sunday, mm-hmm. right. If in my head, it's like, oh, this is a really important Sunday because xyz it's baptisms or it's easter or it's christmas eve or Mm -hmm. it's baby dedications whatever it is you know it's like oh this is an atypical sunday service it's more important i've noticed that that's when things tend to go more wrong right right? more things tend to go wrong because it's almost like god's like no it's just a sunday service and what matters is not how polished the service looks what matters is your heart Mm. so right check yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So Mm. that's, that's been a big thing that I've been learning. And I think that's something kind of going back to that wisdom. Like those are the things that were taught as kids, like the wisdom we're taught as kids Mm -hmm. that doesn't click until later. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But I think that's what allows us to like, once that clicks, that's we turn around and we get to pour that into our kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's the things that are like, it's almost like we're only one or two steps ahead of them in terms of learning it. It's like, okay, this is finally clicked. I've been told this three or four times in the last five years, but it's finally clicked. And now I got to turn around and pour that into you. So hopefully you don't make the same mistakes I did at 22. So will the porn ever like, 
like, you know how our parents poured into us. We didn't get it until we're older. We're older. We try to pour into our kids. Like, they're going to receive it when they're young. Yeah. They probably won't. It they're probably young. won't click. <laughs> they're young. They're growing up, you know. But that goes back to the whole, like, planting seeds and fruit thing. Right. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, we're planting those seeds. Mm-hmm. And hoping that we see that fruit. Right. But accepting that we probably won't. Right. Right. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is okay. Because at the end of the day, it's not about us. Right. Right. That's the thing about mentoring. <laughs> nobody, right. nobody gets into mentoring for right. their glory. Right. Oh, I hope I hope not. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're in mentoring for your own glory... They maybe <laughs> well maybe ask god to, to interfere because right. nobody does like let's be real mentoring is not about me mm-hmm. mentoring is not about you right? right we don't do it because of anything it gives us right now we grow certainly we grow in the midst mm-hmm. of that for sure i know i've grown in the last two years of working at forerunner mm-hmm. i'm sure you would say oh, the same mm-hmm. thing yeah. in just the last year of working there yes Right. And we'll, we'll jump into that here in just a sec. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like mentoring is not about anything that we get out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. We're like mentoring is about like exactly what you had hit about thrive and, and mm-hmm. why you started to crave it is it's about meeting the emotional needs and maybe even physical needs, depending on the situation, but right. the, especially the emotional needs of mm-hmm. your mentee, right? Yeah. They have, or even spiritual needs, whatever, whatever the need is, right. that's what mentoring is, is meeting that, mm-hmm. right? It's being the person that's consistent and showing up and going like, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how you feel, whatever mm-hmm. I am going to be here and I'm going to love you the same way all the time with the true agape love of Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. So within that, within the whole shaping of like going through thrive and having Mm -hmm. grown in thrive, right. Mm -hmm. Having Darius and Andrew and some other people like just intentionally ask you how you were feeling and becoming emotionally aware things like that. Mm -hmm. Then you came to be on staff as a coach. Mm -hmm. How did that, start to shape you and grow you and stretch you and, and you know, all the things mm-hmm. like how, how has being a coach and mentoring the next generation mm-hmm. changed you? One of the things, one of the fruits actually it produced even like it, that area, that area in my heart, the most is patience. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I thought I was a pretty patient person. Until- and then you started working with seven and eight year olds. Yes. Yeah. And same with, 13 and 14, by the way, seventh and eighth graders really test your patience. (laughs) And it's like, you think your patience won't get like, you think it's there, but then they find a way to kind of just go over that threshold. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it definitely grew the patience part of my life. And also you think a blessing isn't going to come like, not that you don't think a blessing isn't going to come, but. You, you you know, have you ever prayed for something and then you kind of forgot that you prayed about it until like months later and then it actually like happened? Com- yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was praying for community opportunity to be used. And now that has happened, but I totally forgot that I even prayed about that. Like that was like my early, like getting to know God, getting that relationship with him. I want it to be used. I mm-hmm. want, I want what you want. Surround me around a community. You use me to my fullest potential and he's doing that. And I 
know he has even more in the future. So, yeah, it's definitely matured my relationship with God and also helped me in certain areas, you know, patience, kindness, being more compassionate, because sometimes you can get caught up in like the redirection that you forget, like the connection part. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you, the connection is so good to where you forget to redirect them. And Beth said something really good. She said, don't let your kindness get in the way of their goodness or something like that. I don't know. Mm. Don't let, or was it the other way around? Was it the other way around? Don't let your goodness. Well, no, no. It was like, don't let your kindness get in the way of their goodness. So if you're not redirecting or not having a discipline, you're not really showing love because I mean, someone that truly cares wants to see you reach your fullest potential. And And that takes discipline. It does. It does. So yeah, it helped me gross in so many areas. Yeah. So patience and. What was the second one you said? Patience. Maturity maturity, in your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And there was another one, I think. Mature my relationship with God, patience, and God coming through when you, like... Don't expect it kind of thing. Yeah. The unexpected. That's fair. Yeah. The the patience thing was... You you use this word redirection, and Mm -hmm. I know what you mean, Mm -hmm. because we work in the same place. Right. But... What exactly is a redirection and like, why is that important? I think you've kind of hinted at it with the the idea of discipline, Mm -hmm. but you know, just walk us through like, what do you mean by a redirection and how does kindness affect that? Or like you get so involved in the, the kindness that you forget the redirection or you get so focused on the redirection that you forget the kindness. Like, what Mm -hmm. does that mean in, in the scope of our program? Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's give an example. A kid keeps, Talking during Bible time, they know what Bible time is, right? Probably not. What's Bible time? Bible time is where I think K through third, or it would be fourth through six, we get together and we basically get preached about about the Bible. Learn things about the Bible. Yeah, learning things about the Bible. Mm Okay, that makes sense. I mean, Bible time, time Mm -hmm. for the Bible. Right, right. (laughs) Self-explanatory, but... (laughs) Right. You know. Anyway, so for Bible time, kid keeps talking. And you tell them, hey, this isn't the time. We can... You can talk during... Free time, grow work, other other things that we do throughout the day. There's other times to talk, but right now it isn't that time. Mm-hmm. And they keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And the thing I had to learn is like, you can't just like let it go through or like let it pass. Like you can't be like, well, they're a kid, you know, I don't want to be too harsh. Like I don't want right. to, well, they're, you know, give, like I feel like that's not kindness and like compassion. That's just, I don't think you care, not that you don't care, but like, if I didn't care, I wouldn't tell you to stop. Because like, if you was to get older, you're in a job interview, you're getting like taught things. Like when you get older, you're going to get taught things. You're going to be in rooms. You're going to be in classrooms. You're going to be in places where you're going to get taught things. Like you can't just talk whenever you want to talk. Like there's Mm -hmm. times to talk and there's a time to like not. And I feel like I'm not helping you grow if I just sit there and let you just think that that's okay to just right. do whatever you want. Rather than whenever. holding them accountable and right. calling it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And calling them up mm-hmm. to their identity as a man right. of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I get that. For me, or for the junior high, we have some of that. Like, mm-hmm. if they're talking during our lesson or whatever, like, it's a it's a little different in the sense that for you guys, like you give a lot more redirections than we do in the junior high, mm-hmm. right? Especially for kind of those little minor things of like, oh, you're talking when, you know, Coach Caitlin is doing Bible time right. or whatever, right? You know, you guys give a lot more redirections for that. 
for the junior high, we actually end up going through a fa- or like through a progression where we're a little bit more tolerant, not tolerant of the behavior, but we're a little bit more like redirecting y if that is a sense is that's not a word but we we use more redirections on the front end at the beginning Uh of the year Mm -hmm. because like we're still building that trust Mm -hmm. but especially this year by by basically spring break Mm -hmm. after we came back from spring break we're like look y'all you are 13 and 14 you're three or four years out from getting a job maybe if not even next year Mm -hmm. you need to learn how to be respectful Mm-hmm. So we're not doing this whole redirection, like <laughs> whatever. Right. It's like, we state the expectations, you know, we're doing whatever life skills, life skills time or lesson time or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the expectations we're sitting down, we're attentive, we're quiet unless we're called upon. Right. We're respectful. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that, you lose free time. Right. That is your one and only warning. And that is, what we did we had students who would consistently lose free time you know five or 10 or 15 minutes or whatever of free time and they get like an hour of free time so it's Mm. you know it's one of those where at the end of the day like they still get free time usually but you know towards the end of the year we're just like we're (laughs) i don't have the energy to deal with disrespect and Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like you're not learning anything if i'm not enforcing it so Here's the expectations. If you're not meeting the expectations, here's the consequence. It's your choice, mm. right? right? Towards the beginning of the school year, again, they're still learning those rhythms, mm-hmm. right? And so we're like, hey, you know, if I'm talking, we're not talking, right? Or, you know, whatever. I'll use some, you know, some kind of redirection to get them back on the, like, let's make a smarter choice. Mm. But eventually it does get to that point of like, okay, I'm not putting up with this anymore because you're 13 years old like you are old enough to understand the con that your actions have consequences right it's different for a kindergartner who Mm -hmm. cannot think you know 30 minutes into the future of i need to get through this 30 minutes and then i get to talk and have free time by the way they think like 10 20 minutes it's like two three hours like, oh i know <laughs> i'm aware 10 minutes oh it's so long like i promise you it's not that long like they think it's like a day you're like, like count to 600 <laughs> right and it'll be over right right <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah it's it's that idea it's like as a junior high student it's like i mean they're they're old enough to know right mm. and so we we are that way where it's like where we give more directions on the front end during mm. the first few or like the first part of program in in the year but we do eventually shift that where it's like you guys are you know the rhythm you know the expectations i know you know the expectations because i ask you what the expectations are and you parrot it back to me right like you can't tell me you didn't know the expectations because i just asked you five minutes ago what they were and you Mm -hmm. told me Mm -hmm. so if you're not doing that now it's like i'm sorry that was your choice you've you've lost some free time kind of thing and the other thing that we've that I've started doing with them and maybe this isn't the best thing to do I haven't I haven't fully decided on this one is mm-hmm. like if a kid gets in trouble and they've lost some free time and we're having that conversation right they will I've I've had a few kids just be like can we just talk about this and get it over with so that I can go back to free time and I'm saying they're going like I don't care about your free time because <laughs> it's not my free time right like your free time is not my free time so at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I don't care about your free time. Like you lost that 
chance. We need to have this conversation, this discipline conversation because of the choice you made. Free time, like the free time ship sailed. <laughs> right. It is not free time. Right. It is, we have to talk about this now. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, you know, I still do that in a loving way where it's a lot of like, okay, what happened? Why did this happen? What were you feeling? You know, walking them through all of that kind of processing stuff. Usually this happens when there's been a fight or something like that. Mm. Right. It's a lot of the like emotions are high. What happened? Why did it happen? How could we have made a better choice? Right. And I don't Mm. give them any of these answers. Right. Mm. I'm literally like guiding them into the self-evaluation of like, oh, this did not turn out the way I really wanted this to. Mm. Right. Because what kid is like, yes, I wanted to lose free time. No, no, you're not going to get that. <laughs> no kid is going to. I had one kid say it, but I, I'm pretty sure he was being sarcastic. Mm. Right. <laughs> but no kid is going to say, I want to lose free time. Mm. Right. And they want their free time because that's when they get to go shoot hoops or play video games or do whatever. Basically do whatever they want as long as they're not like hurting each other. Right. Mm-hmm. No kid wants to lose their free time. And so when they've lost free time, now I get to help them. And this is just a whole new aspect of mentoring Mm -hmm. in the discipline process, Mm -hmm. right? Of like helping them through the process of Mm self-evaluation, right? The idea, the the same exact thing that you and I had started this conversation about talking Mm -hmm. about of like becoming emotionally aware, asking ourselves, okay, that did not go according to plan. So why, like, where did this go wrong and how do I fix this? Mm -hmm. Right. It's the same thing that I get to do with them where, you know, I'm guiding them through that. It's like, what were you feeling? Well, I was feeling this. Oh, like, okay, cool. Why were you feeling that? What was, what was being triggered? How did you respond? Then I throw in something along the lines of you become what you practice, which is pretty sobering for them. They hate, (laughs) they hate that you become what you practice. So if you're practicing throwing a punch, when somebody makes you angry, guess what? In five years when it matters and you throw a punch, Mm -hmm. bad things happen. And Mm -hmm. you know, I point that out. I'm like, so in five years you get angry, you throw a punch, what's going to happen? And they're like, I'm gonna go to jail. I'm like, if you're lucky. Oh, I'm like, if you're lucky, you go to jail. Mm-hmm. You never know. That's right. why you can't do it. You never you. know. If you throw <laughs> a punch, you never know how that other person's going to respond. They could pull out a gun and shoot you. Yes. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So practice now healthy conflict, yep. right? And disagreeing appropriately and mm-hmm. being angry but not lashing out, mm-hmm. right? Because in four years, if you're practicing that now, in four years when it matters, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to deal with that in a healthy way. Right. Right. And so, again, guiding them through that. And it's like, okay, so how could we have made a better choice? Mm-hmm. Like, balls in your court. What could we have done differently? And what are we going to do differently next time? Right. Because there's going to be a next time. Let's yep. be real. It's mm-hmm. it's life. Life it's is messy. Be- <laughs> there's going to be a next time. Right. What could we have done differently? Mm-hmm. And what will we do differently? And going through that process, like I've seen so much growth in my junior high students mm-hmm. just going through that process and being consistent in doing that process mm-hmm. of like, I've seen kids go from like getting in a fight day one to coming up to me and going, you know, at the end of the school year, you know, and having a bad day. And they're like, coach Josh, I'm having a bad day. I just need to be left alone. And I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. There's a chair over there. You can go have like, you can go hang out by yourself be on your phone, whatever. Just again, keep it clean. Cause you know, we're at forerunner. Right. But there's a chair over there and I'll 
make sure that kids leave you alone. I 100% prefer that than you putting your hands on somebody else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would much rather you come up to me and say, I'm not feeling it today mm-hmm. than going and hitting somebody. Because if you're not feeling it today, well, either either out, or either or event, I'm mm-hmm. going to figure out that you're not feeling it today. Right. But if you tell me that, we can be proactive mm-hmm. in going, okay, you're not feeling it today. I get that. I'm still glad you're here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here. My only ask is that you stay respectful for the 20 minutes of lesson time in this two hour program. So if you can do that, I will work with you and give you leniency on all of the other expectations, right? Mm -hmm. Of being here for these different aspects of program and being present for these different aspects of program. Like if you want to just go sit in a chair and be on your phone, I will give you that latitude if you can because you came to me and you said i'm not feeling it i'm having a hard day i don't want to talk about it i just want to be left alone i'm like cool i can work with you with that right you hit a kid (laughs) obviously you're not feeling it but now we have a bigger problem we have to talk about it that transition is beautiful though from putting your hands on someone oh it is it's that's Hopefully they realize that when they're like older, like that, mm-hmm. trend, that that's so much growth. That Honestly, those are the days that make me cry. <laughs> right. When I see a kid like make the healthy choice mm-hmm. to see that fruit, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I'm so proud of them. Right. I'm so proud of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and then you get to turn around and, and reinforce that positively. And you're just like, dude, like that's huge. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for telling me this instead of you know, beating up Timmy or whatever the kid's name is. (laughs) Right. right? It's like, thank you so much for telling me this. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the healthy choice. Mm -hmm. Keep doing this because like I can work with you in this case. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but what are some other ways that forerunner has kind of changed you or do you have any similar stories or anything like that? Oh, (laughs) I'm sure you have stories. Um, you guys have like 35 kids. (laughs) My patience definitely got tested. I think it was a mom's night. Mom's night is where moms are in one section of the building, like on another side, like in a different like like a different building, and then there's another building where me and there's usually another coach, or it might be me, or it might be another coach by themselves with the other kids. But basically providing child care where yes. mom is getting ministered to. Mm-hmm. And two kids. Uh, we Okay, there was one half that was inside. There was one half like on the basketball court outside. Mm-hmm. And they decided to play hide and seek. Oh, no. And get outside in the parking lot and run around. Oh, no. And I couldn't find them for like a cool like five, ten minutes. They were hiding in the restroom the whole time. And I was extremely mad because I'm like, I had my eyes on you. You ran out, ran right back around into the back, went in and hid in the restroom for like 10 minutes. I had, I think I went to the other side where the moms were at and I let the other coach, Coach Bailey know. And then I think I let the, yeah, I let the mom know. And then just, I was, hey, by the way, <laughs> this is going on. Don't worry. I'll figure it out. Right. But just so you're, you're aware. Cause right. And then mom finds out that her kid's missing. It's bad. It goes bad. I did not want that to happen. Oh (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's bad. And then I was looking for them for like five, five ish minutes, looking the restroom. They're laughing, you know, underneath like the countertop, you know, just Mm -hmm. laughing, having a good old time, you know, but in thinking nothing of this being a problem. Yeah, It's just hide and seek. You know, it's, it's nothing, you know, running in the parking lot, you know, going back and forth, you know, they're just having a fun time. And, but in the inside, I was like, so mad. Like, I don't think I've ever been, 
as mad as I was in that moment. Like, well, because you were afraid. Yes. Like, I did not want, like, let's say if they were running the parking lot and there was like a car. Right. Or. And it wasn't, let's be real. Let's clarify this. It wasn't you were afraid of the consequences to you for the kid going missing. Right. Like, you, at, in that moment, you're like, I don't care what happens to me. Right. I'm afraid for this kid because the, there are cars. I don't know where they are. If I don't know where they are, they're not safe because I can't ensure their safety if I don't know where they are. You, there's so many things that happen in the world. Like it can, like anything can go wrong right. so fast. And oh, that would just not be a good. No, uh, uh, that it made me. It made me. It made me mad. It made mm-hmm. me really mad. So how did you deal with that? Well, I definitely let the mom know and the right. other coach that they're good. Coach Bailey had talked to them and it got settled and they were inside. But how I handled like my as far as like my patience getting to yeah like how did you handle the emotional side of that usually when i feeling myself get pretty mad i just say lord you got it i don't i'm gonna let you have it i i don't want it you can have it so i'm just you can have it you're like i can't control this (laughs) yep but you are bigger than everything Mm -hmm. here you control this. You can have it. You can control this. And I'm just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Tell me where to go. Show me what to do. I will try my best, but you got it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, that's basically how I handled that. I don't think of another story. Oh, I had at the beginning of program, the kids usually line up to go inside. Oh, to go inside. They usually line up to go inside. And I had two kids run out and climb up a tree. Oh, no. Like to the top. Like and, top, top. Yeah, like top, top. branches bending top. Mm-hmm. And oh. I think it was like Coach Beth or like one of like the top like people <laughs> like that's the full time staff. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. One of the full time like directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're watching. They see. I don't know if I, don't, I think it was Coach Beth. I don't know if she wouldn't saw. surprise me. <laughs> but I don't know why. But they come at like the worst time sometimes. Oh, they're so skilled at it. <laughs> like they walk in at the worst possible moment. Like, it's like program is going super smooth until just before they walk in. Right. I don't know why it's like that. Like my kids, like sometimes they're a little rowdy, and yeah. I'm trying to walk them to like recess or something. Something usually sometimes it goes pretty good, but then there's some times where we're like we're just really energetic, and that's usually the times where Coach Tara, Coach Beth, you know, Steven, you know, just outside, you know, just watching. And yeah, I appreciate that, you know, so much. That's so fun, right? Because you're just like, (laughs) I promise this is not an accurate reflection of my abilities. Like, don't fire me. I don't want to get fired. (laughs) But but I think at the same time, like that kind of. At least for me, I've noticed that mm-hmm. that tends to like light a fire under me mm-hmm. of like, okay, guys, we're not meeting expectations. I know it. You know it. Coach Darius knows it because he's watching me right now. Right. Like, we need to lock this in right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So, oh, it definitely lights a fire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, and then you feel like you're not doing your job right, which I promise you I am. I just, it just isn't looking the best right now. Right. Exactly. It's the, again, it's the perfect, like, you came at the perfectly worst possible moment <laughs> to see, to witness the worst moment of program all day. We've been mm-hmm. fine all the way up until mm-hmm. three minutes ago when right. you showed up. Right. And it's nothing against them. Don't, please don't hear me say that I'm blaming our full time staff. No, it just, <laughs> Their timing is impeccable. I was the only one that experienced Oh, that. no. <laughs> no. All right. We got to land this plane because we've been talking land for it. over an hour. So, Jamari, we have one last question. Okay. It is the title of the episode. 
It is why I mentor. So why I think I kind of know the answer Mm. just from what we've talked about and like your, your upbringing and being a part of thrive, that kind of thing. But why, like, what is the why behind mentoring for you? Why do you show up Mm -hmm. every day at forerunner working a part-time job, right? pouring in your a hundred percent of yourself into eight or nine or 10 kids all at the same time, which, you know, anybody does that math, that doesn't work very well. Right. Cause that's <laughs> right. a thousand percent. Like, how does that happen? Mm. But what is like, what is the why? Like, why do you show up? Well, I have three parts on part one. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to reach my full potential while I'm here. And if God wants me right here right now, then I want to do that. I want to be obedient. As best as I possibly can, because um, side note, I am human. I am flawed. Right. And I can be very selfish in my Wait, humanness. Wait, you can? In my human... In your humanness? Humanism, yes. Humanity? Yes. In um, your humanity? <laughs> right. I think us as humans, we sometimes get want to just do... I want to do what I want to do. Adam and Eve, duh. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how we ended up in the world we have today. Thank you, Eve. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, think we, I think we maybe don't need to blame... Sorry, Eve. I'm... Blame Eve. (laughs) I mean, I don't think we need to blame anybody. Sorry. If you look at it, I mean, technically Adam was just as culpable as she was. He was standing right there. Oh, are you trying to bring on a debate between who fault it was? We we can we can do that after Mm, after we stop hitting or after we stop recording. We'll we'll talk about it. (laughs) Okay, so you want to do what God has called you to do? Yes. Okay. What's part two? Part two. I want to give those kids the opportunity that I didn't have, especially Mm. when it comes to the emotional aspect. I want to be there for them. I want to be that person that they can come to and that I can understand what they're going through, especially with the single parent households and, you know, things like that. So yes, definitely that part. And part three, they help me out just as much as hopefully I help them out. Wait, no, not hopefully. I'm pretty sure you help them. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully I'm planting them seeds. I don't correctly. I don't think there's a hopefully. I think you are planting those seeds. Thank you. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. I'm not gonna say hopefully ooh, I don't wanna sound like really like prideful, but I'm planting those seeds. I'm sharpening them while they're sharpening me. We're I don't yeah, I don't think that's prideful at all. I think that's just the reality of mentoring, right? Right. I think and I think those three reasons are really, really admirable reasons. I think part one is the whole like you said part one was I wanna do what God God has called me to do. Mm-hmm. And I think Like that is, I mean, yeah, like we all need to do that, right? If Mm -hmm. you're not doing what God's calling you to do, something's wrong. Like you you probably need to go read Jonah because (laughs) he tried that and it didn't go very well, right? Right. So if you're not doing what God's calling you to do, like, I don't know, maybe it's just asking God every day, Mm -hmm. like, God, what is, what is your will today? Or what are you calling me to do today? Mm -hmm. I think that... Honestly, I think that's all it takes, right? Is not God, what is your calling on my life? What are, what are you calling me to do tomorrow or next year or in this season? I think it mm-hmm. truly is just God, what are you calling me to do today? And right. then being obedient to go and do that. Right. And I think that kind of ties into Matthew six, where mm-hmm. it, it talks about, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow is its own day. Mm-hmm. Instead, worry about the anxieties of today. Right. You know, and then give it to God because he doesn't call us to actually be anxious about anything. He wants us to be peaceful. Right. Yeah. But the point there is it's like, I don't think, I think we as humans get too caught up in, in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. And planning and thinking through like, 
oh, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do this over mm-hmm. the summer, or I'm going to go here, or I'm going to say this. It's like, what if it's just as simple as, God, what are you calling me to do today? Right. You know, is it going and making disciples? Is it mm-hmm. pouring into boys without fathers? Is it giving somebody you know, a dollar? Is it ministering to the homeless? Is it Mm -hmm. inviting the random person at Walmart to church? Like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like, I think it's, I think it's more just like being sensitive to the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. and asking God, like, what is your will? Mm -hmm. And then going and doing it. right? Right. And, and in my experience, like that has been brought some of the most joy in my life, Mm -hmm. right. Has been the days where I'm not trying to do my own thing. And it's just like, God, what do you have planned? And Mm -hmm. let's just go do that. Cause that is way more fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And way more peaceful and way more peaceful (laughs) because you know, at the end of the day, if it's God's will, like it's going to work. Right. Right. So I love that part two, you said was giving the students what you didn't have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just awesome. I mean, Mm -hmm. in the sense of like you grew up Mm-hmm. going through the things that they're going through. Right. right. And I know I've had the same kind of experience where yeah. I've seen myself in my kids mm-hmm. of like they're acting out or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, I did that when I was their age. What was the thing I didn't have? What was mm-hmm. the emotional need that wasn't being met? What, what did I wish I had mm-hmm. that I didn't? And then now I get to be the person that meets that for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Is, you know, this whole like, I want to be that person. And I know that you you're in the same boat. It's like, Mm -hmm. I want to be that person who they have confidence is going to always be there. Mm -hmm. Right. Who's going to love them unconditionally, no matter what they've done or who like, yeah, mostly what they've done. Right. Uh Cause kids try to push you away. Right. Yeah. They will. They'll, they, they're testing to see if you're, you know, it's, are you really going to love me if I do this? I think the more they push you away, the more they might need you. Yeah. Yeah. The more they push you, that's such a good word. The Mm -hmm. more they push you away, the more they actually need you. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the third part of that was just seeing the benefit in your own life Mm -hmm. to mentoring, right? They've, they've changed you as much as you're impacting them. I think Mm -hmm. every, I think every coach agrees that like one of the best parts of our job outside of the community like forerunner is a family let's be real (laughs) right but outside of that like i think one of the best aspects of our job is getting to witness the fruit Mm. that we see with the kids right Mm. it's you know we've been constantly planting and watering those seeds and just always watering those seeds and we get to see that fruit sometimes not always and Mm. you know it's not a guarantee that you're going to see the fruit right if you and if you don't like that's not something to be discouraged by because you know that at the end of the day, it's God's timing at hand and mm-hmm. you know, at play here. Right. Like we may not see that fruit grow. There are kids right. that are in my program or that were in my program who were eighth graders that, you know, I'm not going to get to see next year. And I am continually still praying for them, hoping one day, to mm-hmm. run across them on Instagram or Facebook or whatever mm-hmm. and to see the fruit that I planted. Right. Right. And I have faith that that's going to happen, but right. you kind of hinted at it. You said I'm sharpening them, but they're sharpening me as well. Like there's a mm-hmm. personal benefit to that. And I think that's something that we sometimes forget, you know, 
at Forerunner, one of our primary core values is relationships change lives, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. we believe that relationships change lives. I mean, change lives. It's on our shirts. Like we say it all the time. Mm-hmm. We believe that relationships change lives. And we usually use that in the context of like our relationship with the kid is helping the kid, right? The student mm-hmm. be con- like fulfill their potential, become a better person, become a man of God, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think we sometimes forget that the the idea that relationships change lives goes two ways mm-hmm. right that our our students and our relationship with our students is sharpening us and making us better mm-hmm. just as much as we're pouring into them like they're they're ministering to us in ways that we may not even realize right away yeah. right mm-hmm. like really fast story because i we do need to land or like wrap this up, but mm-hmm. I was teaching in, in the spring semester this past year, I was teaching the students, the theme was money management for the week. Mm-hmm. Right. And we were introducing it on a Monday. Monday is our manhood Monday. We teach them, you know, it's the idea of like, we teach them what it means to be a man of God. Right. So in this case, we were teaching them like personal finance and money management. <clears throat> and we were teaching them how to, or like what, kind of the five main ways you manage your money or what you do with your money Mm -hmm. are right. So things like you can spend it, you can save it, you can invest it, you can reinvest it Mm -hmm. or you can give it. And the big one that we were teaching them with giving it was tithing. Right. Mm -hmm. And as part of this lesson, which was kind of not planned, like I was not asked to do this, but I felt like, you know, it gave, it helped give them a better picture of like personal finance. I literally pulled Mm -hmm. up my budget for the month on the screen and showed them my personal finances for the month. Mm-hmm. Right. Not like all of the transactions, but the, mm-hmm, like right. all the categories of like, this is how much I spend on rent. This is how much I spent on gas. This is how much I've spent on electricity or water or whatever, or, you know, food, yeah. right. The, just to give them kind of that real world, like this is, this does matter. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, we talked about earlier the, the whole, like, imparting wisdom and it not clicking right away like Mm -hmm. that kind of idea right i was like showing them like this is the real world application to what we're teaching you right now Mm -hmm. and one of the things that we had been like i said one of the things we taught them was that you could give Mm -hmm. your money right and Mm -hmm. one of the best ways to do that is tithing at your church right Mm -hmm. because god calls us to tithe right and my tithing category had zero dollars in it like for the month because I hadn't been tithing. And I was like, right. Woof. I feel really convicted right now right? that I'm teaching these kids that they should be tithing and I'm not. So I'm like, this oh. is the, in my head, I'm going, this is the pot calling the kettle black mm. and I need to fix this like right now. Right. So I, I committed to them literally like in front of 12, seventh and eighth graders. Mm-hmm. Like, look, we've been teaching you guys that you should be tithing. And mm-hmm. obviously I'm not doing that right now. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you guys right now, like that I'm committing to putting, basically putting my money where my mouth is. Yeah. And I'm going to start doing this right? because I'm supposed to, and I'm not. And mm-hmm. you know, that's not being a, a man of integrity. Right. So that's just a kind of a real world example of like them sharpening me and they didn't even do anything. Right. They just sat there and were absorbing information. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's the same idea. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like God is using these kids to minister to us and sharpen us to be con- to fulfill our potential just as much as we're helping them fulfill their potential. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just, 
a beautiful picture of mentoring. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You think it goes one way, but it really goes. It both goes ways. both ways. It's yeah. a two way street. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's so good. So grateful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so grateful. grateful. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. All right, Jamari, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's, man, we've talked about some really just amazing things mm. as normal. These conversations <laughs> don't go any anything like I expect them to. And I right. love that about, about these conversations. The unexpected. The unexpected. <laughs> it just, it makes it better. Right. So <laughs> as we wrap up, just last question, do you have any like last encouragements for our listeners? Be obedient. Don't be Jonah. Don't be a Jonah. Don't be Jonah. Don't be Jonah. Be obedient. You might think the grass is greener on the other side, but it's not. The world is temporary. Mm. Obey God. Second, get out of your comfort zone. Like, Mm. it would be probably, it would be the best decision you would ever, like, make. But the problem is, it's getting to the part where you decide, hey, let me get out of my comfort zone. Because you're comfortable. You don't want to leave. But, like do it yeah (laughs) like just go do it right go do it if you're not scared of like what you're doing right now then you're not doing it right like go yeah (laughs) like you're not scared right now you're in your comfort zone right go do something scary like right now like (laughs) yeah like think about the thing that scares you the most and just go do it do it like Like, now like stop listening to this podcast why are you still here just go do it they're still here i know i think think they're still here i I think they are because if you're hearing what we're saying right now you're still here yeah go go love you go go make disciples go do the thing that scares you right do what god called you to do yeah go do the go do the thing that god called you to do i'm pretty sure i I, i'm i'm i have faith right that (laughs) the thing that god is calling you to do is outside your comfort zone it is it's a a thousand a hundred like a A thousand thousand percent yeah Yeah. (laughs) so if you're if you're still listening why like you're still here i love you i would love for you to like keep listening but like you're here and for real like (laughs) hit pause just stop listening right go do the thing that scares you yep and remember that you can mentor yep bye 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 see ya